0: You're listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen May, on this Tuesday afternoon. Let's turn to our very first topic and guest of today. In the next 20 minutes or so, we're talking about teaching and learning Chinese as a second language at international schools. And I'm really delighted to be joined by Louisa Yan, who's a senior lecturer at the Faculty of Education at the University of Hong Kong. Welcome to the program, Louisa. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Noreen, for inviting me. It's my great pleasure to be here.
0: It's so nice to meet you. Yeah. Um, we are live this morning, uh, this afternoon on Facebook as well, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. You'll be able to see and also hear Louisa there so if you have any thoughts or any comments or your own um, struggles of learning Chinese as a second language if you're a parent, feel free to join us there um, also. Um, for the purpose of this uh, discussion Louisa, we're talking about Chinese as in Mandarin yeah. and in terms of the written form, is it simplified or traditional Chinese?
1: Well, I think both of them because uh, um, the majority of of chi- uh, international school in Hong Kong, they teach simplified Chinese. However, we do have some international schools that also teach traditional. Yeah. So, but mainly, probably mainstream is simplified Mandarin.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Give us the context of these students. Are we talking about starting from primary school? How old are some of these students going up to secondary school?
1: Uh, I think it really depends that they are around like nearly 60 international, student, uh, international students school in Hong Kong and the numbers still growing. Every year we still see a new school okay join uh, us, join a big community and it depends on the curriculum. Sometimes the British curriculum, sometimes we have an IB and then and Canadian or Singapore. and usually the student probably join in the primary at the uh, age of five or six, but it really depends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not a fix like uh, because sometimes they run in the primary for five years. And some of the curriculum, have a six year for primary yeah mm. yeah it depends it varies
0: yeah just to give our audience a bit of context Louisa um, teachers teachers to then teach the students so um, before we talk about learning Mandarin well uh, learning Chinese let's talk about teaching uh, Chinese what are some of the common uh, uh, issues that teachers have come across that y- that y- you've come to know
1: yeah because I myself used to teach Chinese in international school for around like 15 years wow well, that's a very- lot Yes. Yeah. And and now I'm teaching at Hong Kong U for some master courses, uh, many for international education and my student current students are going to become Chinese teachers in international school in the future. So it's quite interesting and and uh, quite often the time, we hear students in international schools saying that I hate Chinese. Oh. And it's a bit upsetting. Yeah, But I totally understand because uh, Chinese is not easy for students to learn. So the teachers are facing a very no, low motivation for students. And sometimes I just tell my current student that, for every Chinese teacher, I think our mission is to turn I hate Chinese into I love Chinese. Yes. And I really see a lot of successful stories. And some of my previous students, they loved coming to Chinese classroom and they loved learning Chinese. And that's something we want to see. I mean, overall, like follow all international school Chinese program.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Louisa, why do they have uh, low motivation? Is it because it's a language they're not so familiar with? It's a language they never speak at home. Why is the motivation so low amongst the students?
1: I think you're right, Noreen. I, I think linguistic factor uh, is the major reason. Of course, the contextual factor is uh, another one I can talk about later. So in terms of a Chinese language, it, it's very different from the alphabetic language that we learn like in English. I myself is like English second learner, and I just need to learn to write 26 alphabets. And then you can spell out phonetically what yeah. the, the word sounds like. Yeah, yes. and then I, I even I don't know the meaning, I can still try to spell, write, and then guess or pronounce it, but that's not the case for Chinese. So Chinese is what uh, we call like photograph or idiophagraphic yes. language, and sometimes every, like there are thousands of uh, characters Like probably 2,000 to 3,000 characters that we usually use. That's quite a lot, and each characters so they have a unique shape and pronunciation with tones and a unique meaning, and these three parts doesn't come together naturally. So if students and teachers don't teach and learn in a proper way, they feel very, very challenging. Yeah, it's very difficult to use their prior knowledge with their mother tongue, the English, to learn Mandarin. There is very little how do you say, association between these two languages. Yeah, and the other things is uh, really the contextual factor. Like uh, probably in international school, most students, most uh, schools use English as the medium of instruction. So around students' life, English is everything, it's dominating and with all the subjects area in English and in social life in English, and even in family time, they speak English with friends only, so, Chinese to become like very like a uh, little only I mean, like secondary or yeah. tertiary
0: because sometimes they may speak another language at home. If you are perhaps um um uh, Indian students yes. for example, maybe they'll speak Hindi yeah. at, at home. Yeah, yes.
1: And then when they walk outside the classroom, like in Hong Kong community, although we are the Chinese community majority, however we, as you say we are using traditional version and people speak verbally in Cantonese so they cannot really, how do you say, make use of the community to increase their input or they, they, they don't really have that much opportunity to apply it in a daily life so that will, how do you say, like, uh, like the objectivity it, it do have some difficulty for students to get familiar with the language it yeah. sounds
0: so challenging for the students and in turn for the teachers to be able to really get them excited about a language that you only have contact time at school without that immersion at home. Yeah, um, It sounds very difficult. So what sorts of techniques do teachers really use? I mean, as a teacher, mm. you, yourself and now teaching teachers, what sorts of things can be done to encourage yeah. um, the, the, the motivation and to encourage students to really try harder in, in, in Chinese
1: yeah I, I think they are two probably are a lot of thing we can do as a teachers I, I think teachers are really important they can motivate a the student they will make students in love with and they can weather the classroom and the first thing for I, would, any I just, subjects, yeah, yeah, for any subjects I'm just trying to think like yeah. if you
0: have a, a, a if you're not if you don't like maths but your math teacher is very enthusiastic yes. it can make you enjoy maths.
1: yeah <laughs> so I think Chinese is, uh, my teachers are so important they will get a job and for Chinese teachers especially, I think one thing is probably the cultural Difference is for the choices of a pedagogy yes. because sometimes we we'll say always oh, a cultural difference in daily life. However, the use of a pedagogy also see or show a significant uh, cultural difference. say uh, the, most of Chinese teachers probably they are educated in a more like uh, we call traditional way, The uh, teachers probably just total the curriculum, total knowledge to them and then we take notes and then we put on our exam paper. <laughs> And, and like, like dictation, yeah, dictation, or, yeah. or like uh, we, we just put all the knowledge we memorize and then try to write it down. But that's not the way usually the Western culture prefer. Then the student in international school, like, they prefer like inquiry teaching, the student center, and a lot use a lot of activity. Or so that's different from how the teachers were taught themselves. Yeah, yeah. So. I think I can see a lot of a teachers, like for example, in Hong Kong, we do have a lesson called the cultural difference, cultural awareness. It's not really about we know each other's culture by what we eat. It's, it's, it's about the value. Yeah. And it's about how we see ourselves as a teacher and the, the pedagogy we can choose. And I think a lot of Chinese teachers, they are adopting themselves. To be more like student-oriented I think that's really good but sometimes unconsciously <laughs> they were still all trying to use that one and sometimes it really causes some tension between teachers and students yeah, yeah because of a cultural difference in terms of uh, the way they do in the classroom so I think teachers are really encouraged to be open-minded and be more sensitive to the cultural difference in daily life and in the choice of pedagogy.
0: Yeah, because in international schools, like you said, there's so many students from all different cultures as well. And and plus, against the backdrop of the Chinese teacher, having a different sort of education background um, as well. Can you give us some examples, Louisa, of maybe when you were a teacher or some stories you've heard from teachers that you've taught before? What sorts of conflicts arise?
1: I think... Oh, for example, dictation probably is something like all students afraid or scared or hate <laughs> because like teaching the Chinese word without associating the meaning with a student's life and then students just trying to memorize without any meaning and then they couldn't really me- remember because the shapes to students are nothing sometimes. Yeah. So if teachers do not use some like association or radical or sometimes explanation to counter the ca- characters with a student, student will find it a hard job trying to memorize without any meaning. Yeah. So the other thing is uh, I'm trying to encourage students to, to teach Chinese teachers to really Uh, start teaching Chinese from the fundamental concept of Chinese characters. For example, we all know that uh, Chinese uh, characters, they have a different structure. Yeah, up and down and left and right, and then they have the, the concept of stroke. Yes, the
0: yeah, strokes, stroke, older, yes.
1: And then they have a concept of a radical. And it all means something. And if teachers can start teaching this fundamental concept, I will describe that we are giving the student the wing for them to fly. It, I mean, they can really apply this concept whenever they encounter the new vocabulary. And when they, they do the teaching, they will say, oh, I see this. Part, like I see the word redid- for
0: gold, for you'll associate it with metals, yes. for example. Yeah, yes.
1: and then, so it's it established the meaning for students to memorize. And I remember one thing, probably it's it's really very like uh, it works so well. Like I tried before, I used to ask my students to take photos, ten photos, for Chinese character that they can see on the street yes. that they can recognize, and they say. Oh, it's impossible. And then and students say, well, let's let's do your homework for this long weekend. So they really try hard. And then a lot of them taking more than 10. And the activity really made them open their eyes to look at the Chinese character behind them, be, I mean around them. Because sometimes they see Chinese, but without really looking at that. And they, that's such a great
0: way because it takes them out of the classroom and just to immerse themselves in the Chinese that's in our society, which yeah. you know in Hong Kong it's it's all around us.
1: Yes, even it's not really because the Chinese uh, simplified and traditional layer a lot of similarity. Probably seventy percent are similar. Yeah. So uh, some of my students they took the photo for the, 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 the you know, MTR station that exit. And then you have English and Chinese, and that Chinese is a true code, actually the very simple character. Mm. And they are so surprised that they can recognize it because they all learned the the two words before. So this kind of, I would say, how do we make learning Chinese authentic? Mm. Although I know the contextual factor is not really helpful, and we still try to use some creative idea to then make the uh, maximum useful for the the community we have. Um, the other proper example I can share is you you make you can making use of the like, school community. Say Because the other challenge I have is like I used to teach a secondary students who are well 15 or 16 years old, year 10. The or, older ones yeah. already, wow. And they have a very high intelligence level. They, they, they are smart, they are creative. But however, come to Chinese classroom, they are learning very, very simple character, like counting, yeah. <laughs> country's name a fruits name, or banana or strawberry. So it's like what someone would learn in kindergarten. Yeah. Yes. So no wonder they get bored because the content itself doesn't really change in their intelligence. So I, I try to, I, I, now I'm teaching my students how can we use our creativity to make these things, the childish one become meaningful for them. So one project that I ask my students to do is Okay, uh, they are entitled, because they are entitled to do a service project. Mm -hmm. So now you are the health ambassador from the secondary school. And you need to go and teach the primary student the health, the importance of choosing the right fruit. So you need to uh, make a song. Yeah, wow. Using the vocabulary to make a song which you can impress the primary student and to let them choose the healthy fruit. So they are using a very simple vocabulary, but they are so engaged because now- Because they're learning it to teach someone else. (laughs) Yes, and then they don't think this is childish anymore because there's a meaning. I want to do service and I'm an ambassador. So they are, you know what, They, they are just a- they are making a song use their music talent and with a Mandarin vocabulary and then they create a lot of wonderful songs and I took them to the primary school in a Chinese lesson so they need to perform there so then in that case I'm making use of a community resource to make Chinese learning meaningful yeah Yeah, then that can really challenge in their intelligence level and they they don't think this is a boring or childish anymore.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um so there are different stakeholders in learning Chinese. There's the teachers and teaching, there's the students and learning. What about the role of parents to support the students because sometimes for some international schools, parents may not speak Mandarin or they may not know, you know, how to write Chinese. What role should parents be playing in terms of their support?
1: Yeah, I think this is a very good question. I think Uh, from my perspective as a teacher, I really need parents' support to be a cheerleader. Yes. And to always encourage the student, you're doing great. Like Chinese is so difficult, Bill, you're learning a lot more than I can do, right? And because sometimes you hear students say, oh, my parents say I don't need Chinese in the future. So, well, it's okay, I can quit. It's okay, I don't do anything. (laughs) It's quite an important language globally though. Yeah, but because, because Chinese is hard, we have to admit it. So it's very easy to, for kids to say I quit yeah. I, and I give up. Yeah. And if parents uh, agree with that, basically they will be wasting their time whenever they come to Chinese classroom. So parents' encouragement is very important. Yeah, and, for, and to say go for it, it's very important. And yeah. every little progress deserve a compliment. Yeah. yeah and the other thing is that and when the kids are young there are a lot of things parents can do of course if you can afford so a lot of playgroup in Mandarin or there are a lot of cooking class in Mandarin like kind of a resource probably we can use and this is something I have tried with my own girl when she learned English as a second language and I find it very powerful and the kids they like to uh, watch the same movie again and again. Yes, they do. The same song again and again. again it's just a looping. Yes. Um, and then, even if they know the story quite well, they're still watching it again and again. And so, it's a very good opportunity for the parents. Say, for example, your child likes to watch Frozen. Yes. And whenever they, they sing a few times of the English version, then you play the Mandarin version. Any pre and Mandarin version, they, sometimes the kids don't really notice about the difference when they are young. They will just absorb it, yeah. absorb the language into their language system that's in need in our brain. And the Mandarin song, Mandarin movie, that will comes naturally in their brain. So when they grow up, they learn something in Mandarin. This rhythm of language rhythm of Mandarin can really help them when developing. They feel like, oh, why can I? Why some students can pronounce more accurately than the other? Because uh, when they were young, they were
0: exposed to those sounds already. Yes.
1: yes. So the Mandarin song, cartoon, and the movie. I think it's really. I remember my when my girl, she really liked to watch uh, the Disney movie. Yes. I have a Disney movie all in Mandarin and English version.
0: Oh wow! So she associates watching them in those languages. Yes.
1: So she first of all what because of, uh, our our uh, family language is yes. mandarin but then probably after one or two time mandarin I play english version so it's always an english version yeah. so she automatically knows she can even repeat the english version so it's something like similar when the parents probably they can help their kids even they don't speak mandarin yeah so.
0: Actually, Louisa, we're coming up towards the knees, but I do want to ask, in terms of like when you teach at international schools, mm. are there different levels of students who speak, some speak very good Mandarin, some not so well? How do the teachers decide as one class to give the same, do they give the same activity to to, mm. this, to all the students? Because there are some students who already know the material, who may find it boring, but yeah. then there might be students who find it too challenging. So when deciding on the work, I mean, how do teachers decide...
1: I think it comes to the differentiation question that you are asking. Uh most of the stud- uh, most of the school they have the different level of oh, class. Sets. Yeah. Oh, say okay. for example the like IB program middle school they have uh, f six phases. Oh wow. So okay. students are, are, are advanced and
0: yeah beginners so or? phase
1: one to phase six. Oh, uh, okay. Phase one is the level one. Yes. Yeah, so they put it into different classes. But it's true that in the same phases you still have a problem with the differentiation. Some students have a Better talent in language, some still find them like difficult. So we also encourage teachers to try to like uh, produce different teaching material. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for example, some of them can have the challenging worksheet, and some of them can have a simple one with a picture in it. So differentiation in terms of a teaching material and differentiation in terms of grouping strategy that can also help.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because that also will help motivate students if they're able to complete and they don't feel. So lost um, yes and, and also
1: I used to have like uh, beginner level students coming in with my intermediate level students. So in end of year, she grew up the most. <laughs> oh yeah. wow! Because she has a uh, catch up with the others, and, and then she was putting in different groups, working with the people with a higher level, and then of course we have an individual time that I can teach the, the lower level student. So it's sometimes you teach them individually, yes. and sometimes you group them together. So they make use of a peer uh, power. Yeah, so that can be very helpful too. Yeah. Yeah. But I have to agree that teachers they all encounter the differentiation strategy that they may find it more effective or sometimes they need to improve themselves more.
0: Yeah. yeah, Um. back in the day when we used to learn some Mandarin, we also had the Pinyin level. Do schools still sort of use this or yes. is it? Yeah. Yes, and does that make it a bit easier for students to learn? I
1: think so, especially mm. for a second language learner yes. because make it like Mandarin more uh, romanization.
0: With the alphabet. <laughs>
1: With yeah. the alphabet. Uh, but it's process. Because, because you're not learning the written form yeah. of it. Yes. I think in the very beginning, we're pinyin, in trying to help them. When they see a character, we'll put a in together. That will help students to read, to pronounce yes. this word. But the, at the end of the day, on the street, we won't be able to see Pinyin at all. So at the end of the day, we still need to come back to recognize the character. But Pinyin is very helpful, yeah, for Mandarin. Yeah, well,
0: Louisa, I really, really enjoyed chatting with you this afternoon. Thank you so much for your sharing as our listeners. uh, I'm sure they really enjoyed it. If you're a parent listening, you can be your child's best cheerleader. Watch some Disney movies in Mandarin and also, you know, uh, uh, get them to enjoy a different language. And it's about immersion as well, if you provide the opportunity for them. Yes, absolutely outside I, of the classroom I, I think it's
1: emergent and then find learning mentoring meaningful useful and they really love the kind of wow and a sense of, of a fulfilling. they will say wow this is difficult i always tell my student you are the best class i've told because they are making different creative ideas with the language that they learn yeah. and this will give them the power they will say okay i want to learn better <laughs> i want to learn better so with this kind of atmosphere and student for sure they can love Chinese instead of hate Chinese. Exactly. Well, I can tell you're a great teacher, teacher of teachers and teachers of students.
0: Louisa Yan, thank you so much for joining us. And Louisa is a senior lecturer at the Faculty of Education at the University of Hong Kong. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Noreen. Thank you, everyone.